Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, Rick Stroud with Joey Knight at the Caesars Superdome. And uh, Joey, this game, won by the Bucks 20-10, to 10, might be remembered for the fight that the Bucks showed, particularly Mike Evans, who got into it with Marshawn Lattimore again. Their fists had flown before at each other. But in, in my mind, and having talked to the team afterwards, it really seemed to spark them. That was a 3-3 football game. They went on to score 17 points in the next nine minutes or so. Well, it started out as a stalemate, and it turned into a steel cage match. I think the next game between these teams should be held maybe not at Caesar Superdome, but at Caesar's Palace, so, you know. <laughs> side of so many historic fights but seriously uh that scuffle that we saw at midfield uh, which mike evans was right in the middle of galvanized the bucks there's no question about it they were a different team from there on it, it was what what was it three to nothing three to three at that point and the bucks scored 17 fourth quarter points took advantage of some Jameis winston trademark recklessness and you saw what happened the bucks have their first regular season win against the Saints since opening day of 2018. What That melee at midfield was the turning point of the game, no question. Mike Evans said afterwards that things get spicy in New Orleans, and, and he was hot. He was cayenne pepper hot. He was mad uh, at seeing uh, what was a play in the fourth quarter that looked like pass interference, Marshawn Lattimore on Scotty Miller. They didn't get the call. Tom Brady ran towards the official complaining. At that point, Marshawn Lattimore threw his hand up sort of in, in, uh, in mock disgust or whatever and then said something to Brady, who then took a step towards Lattimore. Mm-hmm. And then it was on. Then it was, you know, uh, Leonard Fournette pushing Lattimore's hand down and then Lattimore punching uh, Leonard Fournette. And then here comes Mike Evans off the top rope, or in this case, uh, off the sideline. And he has been known to put... Lattimore on the ground. He gave him a big hit this time, knocked Lattimore to the ground, and then it was then it was on. I mean, I have seen some baseballs bench clearing brawls. Haven't seen it much in football, but this was really uh, quite a sight. And and you know the old cliche: these teams don't like each other. Well, they really don't. And I think what you saw was a lot of frustration by the Bucks. So they just had enough, enough of the Saints, enough of losing. Um, and you know it. it to a man, the guys in the locker room at least said that that sort of showing how, you know, Mike had their backs, uh, they they were ignited by that. But really, this whole game, I thought, was controlled by the Bucks defense. Uh, you wrote about it in the Tampa Bay Times and on TampaBay.com. If you go and look at these two games, uh, they're not giving up any points. For the second game in a row, they allowed a first first possession drive to result in a field goal and pretty much shut it down at that until late in the game when they got a touchdown that they you know, probably should have prevented. But at the end of the day, uh, six, what was it, five turnovers, six sacks of Jameis Winston, and they you know, saddle him with a passer rating of 55.8. We know one thing about this Bucks team, and that is they can play some defense right now. That figure you just mentioned, 
six sacks, five takeaways. They'd only done that three previous games in franchise history where they had at least six sacks and five takeaways. The last time was 2013 in a big win against the Bills. So kind of a little bit of a historic game here today, Rick. And Todd Bowles talked about it afterward. People said, what has been the difference so far with this defense? You've allowed one touchdown in two games. He said, well, we shouldn't allow that that one touchdown. And he's referring to um, Winston's short little garbage time touchdown pass to Michael Thomas. But he said, hey, we're, we're communicating a little more. These guys have kind of recommitted themselves to film study. But I think the big thing, like you said at the outset, was communication. They're, they're still smarting. They're still sore from the way the 2021 season ended last year with just that cover zero, clear lack of communication in that costly uh, game against the Rams where Matthew Stafford found Cooper Cup you know, over the middle of the field, led to the winning field goal in the playoffs. They, they're just hell-bent on that never happening again. So I think that just really gave them a renewed commitment to communicating and keeping, you know, staying on the same page every time they go out on the field. And Todd Bowles alluded to that today, and we saw it again. This, so far, through two games, has been kind of sort of historic for this defense. really has, and, and it kind of reminds you, and, and look, we're two games into it. Let's, let's start the hyperbole machine. Um, but the, amount, the, the ability to get turnovers at key times and close out games the way they have and just make it hard to score a touchdown against them has been remarkable for two weeks. The Dallas Cowboys, while they may not be that great, um, you know, with Dak Prescott was supposed to be uh, a pretty competitive offense, and they shut them out of the end zone. And in this game, um, doesn't score kind of a garbage time touchdown late in the game that, that even, you know, uh, Coach Todd Bowles thought that they shouldn't have given up. So it's been outstanding. And the way they have done it is a combination of pressure and pass defense. And a couple guys really showed up. Jamel Dean won the job over Sean Murphy Bunting in training camp. And that was a, a contest. That was something that uh, went back and forth. They moved Sean Murphy Bunting out of the slot. They put him in competition with Jamel Dean, who won it in a close battle. He had two interceptions. Uh, today and on Sunday, and that was that was so key, both of them, of course. And then Mike Edwards, all he does is score touchdowns when he catches the ball, uh, a pick six, 68 yards, that iced the game at that point. Um, and we've seen Jameis Winston throw his share of those, obviously. Um, and, then, and then the pass rush, I thought they got to Winston enough. Six sacks, I mean, that's, you know, that – at this point, would you say, Joey, they now have how many in two games? Is it is it 10, 10 sacks in two games, which is a heck of a start, would be at or near the top of the NFL. So they made life really difficult. On the other side of the ball, it's been interesting these first two weeks because, you know, we're used to the no-risk-it-biscuit guy who was hanging 30 points on everybody, win or lose. Might give up 43, but he was hanging 30. And now all of a sudden... There's a whole new approach here, and it's, it's not a coincidence. What we're seeing is what they want to do. Will they get better? Sure. And will there be some games where they're going to hang maybe 30 points on an opponent? Perhaps. But there's no question to me that they are protecting their 45-year-old quarterback and maybe their offensive line because they started the game without Donovan Smith, and then Josh Wells went out as well with a calf injury, so they were down to their third left tackle and Brandon Walton from Seminole High School in Florida Atlantic. And 
you're not going to have Tom Brady sitting back there against this defense in this front that has given him fits over the years. He was four and five against the Saints coming into the night to this game, and and let him pat the ball. They ran it, but they didn't run it well. They just ran it. Um, Leonard Fournette, twenty four carries, only sixty five bruising yards. He took multiple hits on every single carry, and his longest carry for him was thirteen yards in the game. So they're going to use this battering ram of a running back. Uh, and, you know, the rest of the team, Scotty Miller, I think, had an end around uh, Rashad White, two carries for one yard. They're not trying to spread the wealth. They're not trying to do anything except jump on Leonard Fournette's back and carry them as far as they need to go until the fourth quarter and let Tom Brady try to win it then. <laughs> trying to win with defense in the run game. And, you know, you, we talk about that. Pretty nondescript statistics for Brady today, 18 of 34, 190 yards. He was sacked once. You know, he was obviously, you know, he he was instrumental in the outcome, but I wouldn't say he was pivotal. And you alluded to to a reason why. He he was he had his third string left tackle in the game. And, you know, going into this game, Julio Jones was out. Julio Jones, they tried him out on that knee. We're not t- sure exactly what's going on with his knee, but he didn't practice much all week. They tried him out before the game. He couldn't go, so you had you had Julio Jones on the sideline, and you had Chris Godwin out with that hamstring. So here it, you know, who who's Tom Brady throwing to today? Uh, you know, Russell Gage, who who's who's a newcomer, who's certainly reliable and is proven in this league, but is a newcomer. Mike Evans, uh, Scotty Miller, who had 34 receiving yards on three catches today. He had 38 receiving yards all of last season. Rick, so, you know, they had to use Scotty out of necessity. And Brashad Harriman, let's talk about him momentarily. He missed virtually all of training camp, Rick, if you remember. He pulled up on, on, on some individual work early in camp, maybe the second or third day, and we didn't see him for weeks. And the young rookie receivers had their chance to take his reps, and they sparkled. They had, you know, they put together some some great practices, and everybody presumed one or two of those rookie receivers was going to earn a spot on the on the final roster but lo and behold the Bucks stick with Perryman and today Todd Bowles said why he said you see the reason why we stuck with him he knows every position on the uh, on the offense every receiver position he's fast he, he makes big plays in the clutch he plays special teams which is a ruse because he doesn't play special teams but he does the other things he makes catches in the clutch and he knows all the positions on offense and he's a big body and today he had that, you know, he, he had the go-ahead points. So he, he broke that 3-3 cellmate with a 28-yard catch from, from Brady, a scoring catch. He said he got such a good release, he kind of improvised on his route and just went for a full-go route. And Tom was getting protected so well that he was able to uh, to see Brashad just streak down the field and, and make that catch. And so that's twice now, what, in about nine months that Brashad has had a very clutch touchdown catch for this franchise, including last year's walk-off 58-yard touchdown catch against the Bills in overtime. So today we saw why Brashad Perryman is still on this roster. Really interesting because they bring in Julio Jones in the offseason, um, ostensibly because they know injuries are going to occur at the wide receiver position, and they don't want to have to rely on getting guys off the street like they did last year when they signed Brashad Perryman, um, who has made plays, as you mentioned, um, and yet, 
if you look at who was out there, and we're only in week two, okay, you figured that, you know, maybe not this way, that Chris Godwin may not play early in the season. Well, he played week one and was fine up until the point where he hurt his hamstring, and thankfully it wasn't the knee, but he's out and maybe out for several weeks. Um, and, you know, and then Julio Jones can't go. Well, Julio Jones had this same issue in Tennessee. He has missed at least seven games in each of the last two years. And worse than that, even the weeks that he did play, he rarely, if ever, practiced. So now you have a veteran receiver who's 30, what, 30, 31, 32 years old, and maybe 33, uh, and he's not out there. Uh, after playing a, a pivotal role against the Dallas Cowboys. So already you're starting the, the second game against your biggest division rival on the road, and Russell Gage, who missed all of most of, of the offseason in training camp with hamstring issues, I don't know that he's completely healthy now. He missed practice this week. Um, who gets ejected is, is your superstar. He has the biggest play, a 41-yarder, but it you know doesn't result in a touchdown. Um and then you, you activate Scotty Miller, who had the most targets in the game. He had eight, but only caught three for 34. So there wasn't a whole lot of chemistry between those two. And then, you, you know, this was the first game that a tight end caught a ball. Cameron Brait won for nine yards. Kate Otten won for four. Those aren't the numbers you're used to seeing from Rob Gronkowski. So the tight ends, the running backs, passing game all that much. And he's playing with guys already in week two at wide receiver with the exception of Evans, that he typically hasn't played with in the last year. And let's touch on the tight end thing, Rick. I think they could get by if it was just, you know, for the time being, Gage and Evans and Perryman and Scotty Miller, if they were getting anything from the tight ends. But God bless them, Kate Otten and Co'Keefe, they're, they're blocking well. They're playing effectively on special teams. That's why they're up, and that's why Kyle Rudolph has been inactive the first two games. He's a veteran, but he doesn't play special teams but they got to get some production from that position. Yeah. So two games, two catches out of the tight end group. And, you know, Brady had a little kind of a, um, kind of a safety valve throw to Coquif today that he dropped. Yeah. So they're not, uh, you know, we can speculate, and this will increase the speculation about whether Brady's going to make an impassioned plea to Rob Gronkowski to, to <laughs> come back, but they got to get more out of that position. And I don't know if that means giving – Kyle Rudolph a chance going forward and sacrificing a little bit out of special teams. But as long as Julio Jones is on the sideline, as long as Chris Godwin's on the sideline, you, you, you've got to find some, some options elsewhere. Yeah, there's no question. And, and you know, in, in talking about Brady, um, there's a lot of room, as there is for every quarterback, but especially for Tom this season, for scrutiny, right? He's 45 years old. Uh, he retired once for 40 days. He came back, he went to training camp for a couple weeks, and then he needed personal for 11 days. And he has said, I've got some mess going on. I'm 45 years old. He's now taking every Wednesday off, we were informed, uh, something he didn't do until about week 11 last year. So there clearly is, is a different sort of beginning of the season to Tom Brady that that does not feel like any of the 22 previous years he has played. Um, And so having said that, the game plan has also changed. Um, And uh, and it's not to the extent that it was when Peyton Manning was with the Denver Broncos because at that point Manning was injured and his arm 
was gone. It was, it, you know, he could not throw the football very well. I thought he was a passenger on the way to what was a Super Bowl win by, by Denver that year. Brady can still throw it, and he made a great throw to Perriman. It was right on the money. Um, however, they're, he's playing like an older quarterback. And I mean, granted he is. He's the oldest quarterback to ever play um, at this level and start games. But I think this is why Todd Bowles is here. I think if this team does anything, they're going to do it with this formula. They are absolutely going to ride this defense, which is deep, um, which can attack the quarterback, which can usually stop the run, although they got they got you know gave up some big runs early in the game and held them to a field goal, uh, and a secondary that has grown together and is ball hawking and has added a couple veteran pieces um, that have also showed up. This is not the 2020 Buccaneers. They are not going to win that way. And it's obvious that these are the things that Brady is going to require and has no trouble playing this style of game all the way to a win against the Saints and whoever is next, which would be Green Bay. It's a prerequisite when you have a 45-year-old quarterback. We we asked a lot of questions during the coaching transition when Brady said things like, you know, Todd and I speak the same language. Uh, I'm paraphrasing, but we, we heard those kind of sound bites, and we were like, what was he talking about? And now it's becoming very clear. Todd is willing to do the things to protect and preserve Tom over the course of a 17-game season, which means relying on that run game, relying on his defense. Granted, you're going to probably have more close calls, more close games through the course of a season, but you're not forcing t- Tom Brady to throw 40 to 45 times with a 45-year-old arm every week. Uh, you're, you're just seeing it. Th- this is... You, you touched on it. This is what we're seeing a team do to try to preserve and protect a 45-year-old quarterback. Going to the other side, to the 20-something-year-old quarterback, you know, we saw a lot of the same things out of Jameis Winston that Bucks fans grimaced their way through for a half decade. And even Jamel Dean and Mike Edwards, I, I spoke to them both after the game. They saw, you know, basically what they told me, you know, without using so many words, is that Jameis telegraphed his throws. They saw his eyes. They saw where he was going with the ball, and they made a jump, and they made the picks. That said, Jameis Winston is also playing – not – I don't want to say Tom Brady's broken down. He's 45, but – Jameis Winston's not 100%. Uh, it was reported, by, I believe, by Jay Glazer before the game that he's playing with four fractures in his back. He kind of brushed off those questions afterward. You know, to his credit, he wasn't going to make that an excuse. But I, I just don't know. A guy coming off major knee surgery, now playing with a very bad back. He, I don't know just how much more Jameis can do before they have to put him on the shelf for a little while. He, his final numbers, 25 of 40, 236 yards, six sacks three interceptions it, it, it looks it's you know the stat line reads very similarly to a lot of the games we saw in Tampa Bay with the exception this guy is playing hurt and I don't know how much longer they can go with him before they maybe just have to give Taysom Hill a chance Taysom Hill or Andy Dalton who's their backup quarterback and certainly capable in this league we're going to talk about uh, more about the Bucks and what's ahead for them uh, but first I want you guys to uh, pay attention if you want to save money right now on your electric bill as it is still hot and yours is going up like mine, 
Try our folks at May Electric Solar. It's a family-owned and operated business. They've been installing solar electric systems for 12 years. There's a ton of these uh, companies, but May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. Here's what they do. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty. Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That right there is the May difference. If you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all its products. They conduct on-site testing so you can see what they will install. Plus, they don't use subcontractors, so you know exactly who is doing the job. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate. You can lower your electric bill all year long. Preserve the quality of life and the quality of your appliances. That's May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. To put this win in perspective... Not only did they snap a seven-game regular season losing streak to the Saints, no small feat, uh, they did it in this building. Now, the Bucks haven't played very well against the Saints in their own building. Uh, you know, they they got shut out 9 to nothing last time, and then a time before that, they, they kicked a field goal, and that's all they had. And as Devin White said after the game, we haven't won anything but a second game. We've got to see these guys again. We didn't win the division today. We didn't make the playoffs today. We've got 15 more of these games, which is a sobering but true fact. However, the season began and we looked at the schedule and we said, wow, that is quite a gauntlet of teams that lined up those first four weeks at Dallas, at New Orleans. So week three, they have their home opener, but it's Green Bay. Green Bay, of course, Still trying to adjust some new young receivers, but still has Aaron Rodgers, still has a great coach that has won 13 games a year, and, and still has a pretty good defense. And then it's Kansas City, which might be the best team in the NFL with the best quarterback, let's be honest. Um, it, it's hard to discount Patrick Mahomes, whether he has Tyreek Hill or not. Um, he is playing very, very well. But not to minimize this, the Bucks have looked impressive in these two road wins. It is hard to win on the road. It's hard to win a division game on the road. You now have sort of a game at hand against the Saints with a home game to come on a Monday night at Raymond James. But this is as good a start as they could have hoped for. But more importantly, there is room for improvement on the offense. We don't know what this offensive line is going to look like ultimately because they keep getting injured. And right now, Tristan Wirfs is the only guy here from the last two years but it's, it stands to reason they're going to get better on offense because they have to. They have nowhere to go but up in, in, in many instances, and yet they're still managing to win games and win them fairly handily because of the combination of running the football and playing defense. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a week-to-week league, and I think there is an upward trajectory for this offense just for the reasons you laid out, Rick. They won nothing today, but if I'm a Bucks fan, obviously I'm ecstatic with his 2-0 start, and Todd Bowles made a little bit of history today, Rick. He is the first Bucks coach to win his first two games in his opening season. You have to go back 30 years to 1992 when Sam Weish in his first year won his first two games as Bucks coach. If you remember, they were 2-0. Things didn't go very well from there, but, uh, you know, this was a little history today. Three decades in the making. But again, it's a week-to-week league, and we'll see. And I agree with you. Um, this offense has to, has to start going on a little bit of an upward trajectory. 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Absolutely. Um... Listen, it, it, it is Todd Bowles' team, and they're taking on his personality uh, for better, I think, overall. Uh, we saw some penalties. We saw some, some, some bad penalties, uh, in, in fact. But it just seems like a more disciplined defense. It seems like they are complementing each other. The special teams has been solid. Yes. Uh, I think we, we, you know, with the exception of maybe one point, punt, he has been really good, and and Suckup has missed one field goal this year. Right, he uh, he's he's four for four from uh, forty four yards or longer. Rick, last year he was seven of ten from forty or longer. So now we're seeing just the same way for the same reason we saw why the Bucks kept Perryman. Now we see why they chose to keep Suckup over Ryan Borgalis. It's all coming together through two games. The special teams have been outstanding. Yeah, Camarda, now we're starting to see why they gambled a fourth-round pick on this young man. He had a wonky 26-yard punt in the second half, but on the five other punts, he averaged 40 yards. Three of those were pinned inside the 20. He is a weapon. You know, you never hope that you have to rely on your punter to be a weapon, but for, for part of that game, early in the game, he, he, he was arguably their most valuable player here at the outset before things got going and before the, the melee ensued. Absolutely. Well, it was a, it was a big win for the Bucks. obviously. Um, they go to 2-0. They're, they're obviously 1-0 in the division. They've got Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers coming home for their home opener. Uh, that is, a, I believe, a 4 o'clock game uh, against uh, Green Bay at Raymond James Stadium. We'll see how they fare there. Some college football over the weekend, Joey, before we wrap up. Uh, listen, there are no moral victories if, if you are Jeff Scott. You need to win games, and you need to win them right away. However, uh, going into Gainesville, no matter who you are, is a tough task, especially against a team as talented as this one seems to be, um, notwithstanding the loss that they had last week to Kentucky. They had this game. Yeah. And I think that this is going to be one that, while you can say, oh, boy, what a great, valiant effort, you just – probably needed to finish this one and and who knows what that would have propelled that young team to if they'd have done that they gashed the gators they had a great night of running this was the best usf performance of the jeff scott era which is now in its third year but here's the key rick and we we talked about this they've won four games under scott three of them have been against fcs opponents you're right there are no moral victories but this was a momentum builder, a potential momentum builder for the Bulls in Gainesville. What they cannot do, what they cannot do is take a step back now, going to Louisville next week. They, if you go up there and lay an egg, what we saw in Gainesville is all for naught, and we're back to square one. And that is what has thwarted this team for the last, even before the Scott era. No consistency. You've got to build on this highly encouraging performance we saw in Gainesville Take it next week at Louisville, which, which appears to be a beatable team. If you backpedal, lay an egg, I, I don't know what to make of it. You've got to build on that performance. 
and speaking of Louisville, Florida State went into Louisville. They get a win. Um, they had some things they had to overcome as well, uh, I- including some some guys that went down uh, during that game. Florida State's three and zero. I don't know how they got here. I don't know how good they are, but bless their hearts, they're three and zero. And you can't say that about any other state team, or at least the major teams. Absolutely, I, I'm I'm reserving judgment on FSU. They they are you are what your record says you are. They are three and zero. I don't know if they're one of the twenty five best teams in the country by any means. We'll, we'll find that out in short order. But the bottom line is they're they're going into you know mostly. Uh, neutral sites or hostile environments, and they're winning. You know, we saw what, what they did. I I believe, was it in this place, Rick, against LSU? Um, you know, they're they're getting it done, but um, I'm going to reserve judgment on how good they are till a few more weeks down the road. We're going to talk a lot about college football. Meanwhile, the Rays are going to begin uh, their series with Houston after taking two of three against the Texas Rangers. So a lot to talk about this week. On Sports Day Tampa Bay, just a reminder, uh, check out our sponsors, May Electric Solar. Uh, if you want to lower your electric bill, start saving today. You can do that with a 30-year labor and services warranty, $750 worth of surge protection. Call the solar energy experts, May Electric Solar, at 727-819-2862 to schedule a free estimate and lower your electric bill and preserve the quality of your life and your appliances. My thanks to Joey Knight from uh, the Caesars Superdome. Change the name every other year, it seems. The Bucks have beaten the Saints 20-10. to 10. We are headed back to Tampa. We'll talk with Todd Bowles around 12, 1230 uh, this afternoon, give you the latest on the injuries and anything else uh, that he wants to talk about. And we'll see if Mike Evans ends up with a further suspension, as he did back in 2018 when he hit Marshawn Lattimore. Not sure whether that will happen or not, but keep it right here on Sports Day Tampa. For Steve Bursley, for Joey Knight, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 